Hey folks, it's Marvin Cash, the host of the Articulate Fly, and we're back with another Casting Angles with Mac Brown. How you doing, Mac? I'm doing great. How you doing, Marvin? As always, just uh, trying to stay out of trouble. And you know, it's kind of funny, the uh, the theme recently on the Articulate Fly is people, particularly here in the Southeast, are kind of betting that we've had the worst of our winter weather, and they're all getting excited for spring. And you and I were talking before we started recording that you know, it might be helpful to kind of encourage people to kind of set an intention uh, for their upcoming fishing season and, you know, to basically consistently, just like, you know, before you put your stuff in the car, just thinking about being curious about, you know, why we do what we do and trying to understand why it is what we're doing as opposed to trying to memorize a bunch of stuff. And you and I were talking and we thought Leaders was a really good example to share with folks about kind of what we mean when we say that. Yeah, and I think, I think what happens is a lot of the, a lot of the books that are in my library, a lot of them go back to like W.C. Stewart and 1857. And you look at the progression of silk lines and horse hair and then gut and all the different progressions. And you see a lot of the stuff reiterated today just because nobody questions it. And they're still talking about these graduations that are real small step downs that really go back to gut. And it's kind of funny, even though that's a really ignorant assumption that we keep reproducing it because the people don't know better. So they're still talking about, well, you can't go from this. You need to go real small. The, the mono is so different than gut today that we use that, um, you know, like chameleon, for instance, has a huge step. It's a lot stiffer mono than most supple monos. So, man, you can go 20, 15, put on whatever graduation you want and go. I mean, put your tippet. It's like, it'll work fine. There's no hinge. There's no anything. But when people talk about, well, you need to put eight or nine knots for that same leader. That's absolutely the ridiculous part going back to guts, what I'm saying. So it's just kind of funny. So you see that a lot. And the reason I thought, you know, it'd be fun to talk with you about it tonight is this has come up like six times the last few weeks on the road. And it just tells you whether they're looking at a book from 1940 or 1930 thinking it's going to be that same way. And then they try to apply it to today's materials. So I think that's a good thing to kind of mention and bring up. Yeah. And it's interesting, right? Because I mean, what we're really talking about is kind of energy transfer and dissipation. And, you know, if you're talking about books that were written before the Civil War, I mean, just in our lifetimes, we know how much, you know, how much of an evolution there's been in fly fishing gear and tactics that something may have changed, right? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Something's changed. And so, so, you know, it's kind of, kind of like coming back and having a mind like a beginner. And if you're talking about energy transfer and dissipation, you know, with, with hard mono and soft mono, you know, you're just able to achieve the same goals with the leader uh, that took you maybe a dozen knots a hundred years ago, but you just don't need that right. to get the transfer. And so, you know, I think we've been, I think when we did the series for SA, we talked about, you know, if you wanted uh, like a, a slower dissipation of energy, say for a dry fly leader, right? Uh, mm -hmm. As opposed to maybe like a nymphing rig, or you know that's why you know most people when they fish streamers, they fish pretty short, generally relatively level leader systems because you just you know you're not really the streamer is going to turn itself over, right? Oh yeah, streamers you don't even need a leader. I mean that's the funny thing about it. And wet fly same thing. We don't even use a leader. We just add straight four X in the wet fly. We don't need a butt section, a mid section. You know what I mean? Like most of the lock style anglers, even in, in the UK, uh, they're all fishing just like what Davey does down there in Arkansas, just like I did. We pull straight 4X and add it to a 
you know, a, a DI3 or DI5 and go to it. You don't need a leader. I mean, the wet flies will turn over fine. You're more separating them 15, 20 feet on plane 4X. So, I mean, it's going to turn over. There's a lot of energy in that loop when it turns over. And you remember, like in a positive cast, you're talking about dealing with 760 miles an hour Mach 1 when you hear that kick. You better believe 4X will turn over just fine without having any kind of graduation, you know? Yeah. And, you know, just uh, I know we talked about this before we started recording, just the simple, you know, uh, maximum chameleon uh, leader. I think we were talking about, you know, an easy one is 10 to 12 feet of 20 and about six feet of uh, 15. And uh, from there, you can kind of put on your yep. tippet and get after it. Oh, yeah. Put straight 4X, big old bushy dry fly and go to it. There's, there's already quills. I walked up Deep Creek today for a couple hours and uh, it was really fun. I saw a lot of quills come off. And you know, I saw a lot come off. I didn't see, but two actually wasn't taken. But those things float, you know, on the surface. But it takes some good while to, to harden their wings to get flight. And just where I was standing, I had a good collection of water within a couple of foot area. And I watched several of them float by. And I kept watching until they go out of sight, thinking, yeah, this, this is the time of year. Our hatches are way ahead, Marvin, from normal, just because the weather, I think, this morning that I watched, it was talking about this February has been the third most mild time since we've been keeping records. So you're going to see a lot of these hatches come off way earlier than one. Yeah. But, but I would say, you know, folks, uh, you know, what Mac and I are talking about doesn't apply just to leaders. I mean, it's everything, you know, we were talking before we started recording. If you know that the water on the stream bed is slower than the water at the top and you're fishing an indicator, that tells you that your indicator needs to move slower than the bubbles on the top of the water. Otherwise, you're dragging your flies. And so if you just think about things like that, you know, really what happens is you can answer your own questions and you don't have to take that Encyclopedia Britannica with you every time you want to go fishing. That's right. That's, that's a good, that's a really good point. And yeah, I think it's going to be a fun, a really fun springtime too. And just try to simplify things down. And um, one other thing with leaders though, since we got it going, <laughs> over well, since 85, I told you this when we started. I said, it's kind of funny if people will bring up an outfit every time they want to put a brand new leader. And so I just want to say, so the folks that are listening, that the leaders that I put on, I use a Whitlock connection inside the fly line, which you can do a blood knot or, I mean, or a, I mean, a nail knot or whatever you want to use, but those stay on. We're talking 20 and 15 pounds in my fishing tippet that's six to eight X a lot in the wintertime. But that butt section and midsection, it never comes off till the fly line's gone. I mean, till the fly line starts to fall apart. You don't need to change your your butt and midsection of your leader every time you fish. And I just know that that's a very common thing because all the years being around this and teaching, people always want to pull out a brand new package and show me they're going to put a brand new one on. And I'm always wondering, like, who taught them this? That's part of the curiosity part, too. So, no, you don't need a new leader every time you start. Yeah, and the trick to save that, you can either tie a tippet ring on the end of a of a store-bought leader or, you know, what I generally do is I'll uh, I'll buy like a seven-and-a-half-foot leader and I'll put probably 18 inches of whatever. If it's a 5X leader, I'll put 18 inches of 5X with a triple surgeon's knot. And when I get close to that knot, then I tie on another 18-inch section. And that way, you know, to your point, the leader lasts a whole lot longer. That's right. You save you some money. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, it uh, frees up a little change for some single malt scotch, Mac Brown. There you go. Or some, some good ales or something at one of the microbreweries up here. 
Yeah. And so I know you are, uh, it's, you know, I guess it's Monday, but, uh, you're getting ready to fly across the country to go to Pleasanton. And then, uh, you have one show after that. What should people uh, be looking for if they're going to be on the West coast? We have a, uh, I've looked at the itinerary last night. That's going to be fun. I'm flying out. I'll get into, I think San Francisco in the morning on Wednesday morning early and there's all day class Thursday. And then we have just a, it's a packed schedule. So go on try fishing show.com and it's there's tying demos casting demos classes it's just it's really busy i look at it and i go there's not much time to turn around until sunday night and then we get back and i think we've got a week back at home and then we get one back up to michigan i think the ninth and 10th of march for the midwest fly fishing expo and their schedule is already listed as well so looking forward to both of those That'll wind up the show season for winter for me. Yeah, and so if you go to the events page at the on the Articula Fly website, you can get information uh, for both of those shows. And uh, you know, we also folks want to remind you that Mac and I are working on a three part series uh, on the fundamentals of casting. And you know, I think it's really important. You know, at the beginning of a fishing season, I think it's important to have an intention for what you want to try to accomplish or get better at during the season. And I also think it's important to invest in yourself. And Mac and I've spent a fair amount of time trying to really distilled down uh, casting in a way that's um, really digestible and very relatable. And so if you want to check that out, we've got three dates, uh, March, April, May. It's going to be online and it'll be live and you can participate. Or if you miss it, it'll be recorded. You can uh, check it out at your convenience. But there's a link to that in the show notes too. So, Yeah, and that's going to be fun. And we've got a bunch of schools coming up too, Marvin, starting at 1st of March. And we still got some room in the ones in May. May and June, there's a few slots left, but those are those are absolutely a blast for me because you, you're teaching the whole week, and not, I just love watching the progress of watching folks. You know, it's very different than what I did in my early career as an outfitter. Just spend a day, and then the next day you're starting all over, saying the same thing all day long to a different person, and the next day saying it all over again to a different person. It's actually really enjoyable as an educator to get to watch that person thrive over five days, you know. And so I'm really excited about those. Yeah, absolutely. You know, folks, it's a great time of year. You know, if it's cold where you are, go to a fly fishing show or tie some flies. But, uh, you know, as Max said, at least in the southeast, it has been a very mild winter. Um, So, you know, the fish are going to start looking up a little bit sooner than usual. You know, if it's a nice day where you are, go out and catch a few. Tight lines, everybody. Tight lines, Mac. Tight lines, Marvin.